I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 216. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I did a quick Google search this week because I was curious how many names and titles of God are in the Bible. I couldn't nail it down to one trusted source, but the best I could figure from the variety of sources that I looked at is that there's almost a thousand names of God in the Bible. What? So you're telling me we could meditate on one name or title of God per day for three years. (laughs) So if you ever think you can come to the end of Father God, there is more. He is deeper, his love is stronger, his faithfulness purer, and we can trust him. And this week we discover God as our shelter, both in Carrollton's song titled Shelter and in Psalm 91, where we will be spending our time today. But before we head over there, let's listen. let's discover right away why I plan to sit in Psalm 91 this week. In the opening verses, we see why. Verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So we see uh, both in our song and in scripture that God is our shelter. And as I explored the story behind the song um, this week, and I'll link to the article that I read on New Release today, but the band shares this. The message from this song is that God is all powerful and he is near to us. Both of those things are what make God beautiful in our eyes and why we follow him. He's all powerful like a fortress and he stands firm when the storms come. He is also so close to us that he covers us like a shelter. He's near to us as our personal shelter. If he was just all powerful or he was just personal, it wouldn't be the God we know. He's both powerful and personal. And I would like to, sh- to take a moment to share a few bites that I used this week. Now, bites are Bible interaction tool exercises that I use to interact with God's word. You will see that they are simple but powerful. And the first one is to make a list. Now, this week, I want to make a list of things we learn about God. So often, we approach scripture from a fairly selfish perspective. This psalm is absolutely no exception because as we continue reading, you'll see some pretty amazing things declared 
for shelter dwellers. <laughs> but one way to combat the what's in it for me mentality that we sometimes use when we approach scripture is to replace it with a what do I learn about God kind of question. So in these first two verses, we see eight different characteristics. And here's my list. God is most high. God is our shelter. God is almighty. God offers his shadow. He is our refuge. God is our fortress. God is personal and God is trustworthy. So again, that list includes eight characteristics of God in two verses. And honestly, I think we could probably observe even more. These are just like those immediately obvious observations. So as we take this list in hand, and I encourage you as you um, discover lists and make observations that you would write them down. Um, I obviously write them down so that I could share them with you. And uh, that's part of the process that I think really helps kind of solidify it. It helps me slow down a little bit as well. So if we're going to take the next bite, which is meditation. And I want us to think about each of these characteristics on this list for a minute. And when I say meditate, I mean that we give ourselves margin to consider and ponder and really think about and explore these characteristics of God. I'm going to do it with you for just a few minutes. But if you would take a list that you make and you could ponder one name or one characteristic for an entire day um, at a time, and, and you'd have more than a week's worth of pondering with just these eight things that we've already listed. So as we meditate on God being most high, in Hebrew, the word or the name is Elyon. What do you think of? I guess maybe I'm kind of swayed by my most recent experiences. We were on vacation and we went to an amusement park with my kids. You know, like the tallest roller coaster is implied to be the best, right? So we just got back from spring break in Branson, Missouri. And at Silver Dollar City, they just launched the Time Traveler. And it's touted as the world's fastest, steepest, and tallest spinning coaster. Now, how can it be the world's fastest, steepest, and tallest? I think, honestly, it's because it spins. I mean, it really does. Like, every ride is unique because every car offers this controlled spin every run. It is pretty cool, actually. But when the Bible declares God most high, there's no other caveat. There's no, like, because... He's the most high in Israel, but not in South Africa, right? Uh, he isn't, he is the most high over finances, but not disease. Well, that's not true. He is most high. He just is. He is most high, period. So he's higher than everything. He is most high over all creation. He is most high over every other God. Again, he is most high, period. I feel like my daughter, sometimes I'll ask her, um, what certain things mean, little phrases that they use these days. And she'll just say the word over and over again as if by saying most high, I have now declared to you what that means by using the word more often instead of actually defining it. But I don't know how else to define most uh, high. He, nothing is higher and nothing is greater in its height over him. Okay, so when I tend to put him in a box and I question his ways Am I actually acknowledging him for who he is? Am I acknowledging that he is the most high? Well, no, but you know, he doesn't cease being most high just because I don't acknowledge his supreme position, but it does behoove me to remember his supreme position, especially as it is compared to mine. He is 
most high. His perspective is clearer. He's higher. He can see farther. He is most high. He is not defeated by my circumstances. He is most high. He deserves my worship. And we could go on. And I hope that you do. I I want you to make it a part of the rhythm of your life to meditate on who God is. All right, so let's move on to the next characteristic on my list. God is our shelter, just like our song declares. And I want to introduce another bite here, and that is to do a word study. And I'm sure that there are way more complex ways to do this that I am not yet trained in. But quite simply, Hebrew and Greek words, which are the languages of the original text of the Bible, they don't always translate um, directly into English. There, sometimes there's nuances that don't get translated when we pick a, an English word to, to use. So they often, um, again, there might be additional words that would describe the word that we is used. So if you follow this Bible interaction tool exercise, easy for me to say, right, by going to BibleHub.com, when you look up Psalm 91.1, Uh, If you look up an individual or verse at a time, you can click on INT or interlinear and then choose the word translated shelter. You just click right there on that word and you will discover that this word translated shelter could also be translated a covering or a secret hiding place. Now, how personal is that? He's our hiding place. Psalm 32, David writes in Psalm 32, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Same word, sather. So it's shelter or covering or secret hiding place. This most high God that may seem far away because he's so high, this Elyon is our sather, our secret hiding place. And I'm an only child and I had the privilege of growing up on a farm an old farm with lots of granaries and hay barns and old rusty cars and tractors. And there were myriads of secret hiding places. And I had a different story for each special place. There were some I would go to to create and imagine, and some I would go to to hide and cry. This uh, amazing, mighty, higher than the heavens God, he's a quiet hiding place where we are covered to dream or to cry. So next, God is almighty. He has all might. He is all powerful. So we've seen already he is high. He is strong and he is my covering, my secret hiding place. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. He offers his shadow. And as I think of this, I think of a photograph that my husband took in Haiti. He's been on several medical mission trips and no, he's not a doctor, but our friends are and he's a quick study. He's a great assistant, right? So anyway, he described the heat in Haiti as unbearable. I've never been, but he said it gets so hot there that people will stand in the shadow of a power pole just to get some relief from the heat of the sun. So if the shadow of a power pole can offer relief, consider what relief will be felt in the shadow of the Almighty. Then it goes on to say, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. 
Now, God is our refuge. And another Hebrew word for shelter is this word refuge, is translated refuge, a place of refuge from rain and storm or from danger. And, and a refuge offers protection or relief or escape. And how often do I want to escape the onslaught of emotions or circumstances or words or information? God is my shelter. He is my refuge. But he is not just a refuge. He's my refuge. He's your refuge if you dwell and abide. We're going to get into that in a minute, but I don't want you to miss once again the personal nature of God. So where do you flee? Where do you take refuge when times get rough? Do you run to the arms of another? Do you flee to an addiction or to the safe shelter of the Most High God Almighty? But he's not just my refuge. He's my fortress. And what do you picture when you think of a fortress? Um, It's a place inaccessible to the enemy. And when you do a quick Google search of fortress and then click on images, you see castle type structures with thick walls and few windows on high ground. And when I begin to put all of this together, I see a God who is higher and stronger and more personal and safe. And well, I see what the psalmist sees. He is my God in whom I can trust. Before we move on from these two verses, I want to make it clear what our role is in all of this. And as I mentioned before, God is who he is. He doesn't change. He doesn't embody all of these characteristics in exchange for something that I do. He simply is. He is most high. He is our shelter. He is almighty. He offers his shadow. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. He is personal. He is trustworthy. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. He, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. There's some pretty bold statements that follow these two verses in Psalm 91 that I hope that you will study on your own. But let's look closely at, at who we're talking about here. God is our shelter, but only shelter dwellers get the benefit of the shelter. Not all believers are shelter dwellers. I need to say that again so it can really sink in. Not all believers are shelter dwellers. Shelter dwellers abide. They stay. They lodge for the night. Shelter dwellers stay in the shadow of the Almighty. That higher than everyone, all-powerful God is our shelter, but we have to dwell there. And not all believers are shelter dwellers. Oh, we run to the shelter when rains of life catch us unprepared. But shelter dwellers abide. Shelter dwellers make it a lifestyle to make up their bed in the shadow of the Almighty, and thus we benefit from the abiding. It's when we have that close and abiding life with him that we learn to trust him. For he is trustworthy whether we trust him or not. We dwell with him because he's a safe place, a fortress with, the, with walls to protect us from the enemy high on a hill. But he's a safe place whether we choose to dwell with him or not. And as you continue to read in Psalm 91, which we do not have time to do today, you will see some pretty amazing declarations of what God will do for shelter dwellers. Now, I do want to give you a a slight word of caution. In Matthew chapter 4, Satan misuses Psalm 91 to tempt Jesus. And the encouragement of Psalm 91 did not mean that the King of Kings and Prince of Peace would not eventually suffer and die. So one thing I don't want to do is misuse this scripture the way that Satan misuses it, right? We don't want to follow his pattern. 
then the promises of Psalm 90, uh, 91 absolutely do come true uh, for saints of God over and over and over again. And we absolutely should be encouraged. But God sort of buries the lead, so to speak, at the end of the psalm. In verse 14, he says, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I will be with him in trouble. Remember God's high position and long-term perspective. This psalm doesn't mean you won't be snared. It doesn't mean you won't fight trouble and disease or battle evil, but it does offer promises to shelter dwellers. I want to dwell and abide and hold fast to God in love, not just because of what he can do for me, but because of who he is. So what's next? We'll spend some time in Psalm 91. We only got to the first two verses. There's a whole psalm there. Consider what you learn about God. Make a list of God's characteristics. Reflect on what it looks like to be a shelter dweller. Try your hand at a word study. Keep reading throughout the entire psalm and be encouraged. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like James from somewhere in the U.S., Heidi from the U.S., Dee from Florida, Alexunia from Louisiana, Billy from Virginia, Adele from North Carolina, Carolyn from Washington, Jane from Michigan, Dea from Pennsylvania, Jabusi from Nigeria, and Jenny from Washington. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. And then subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display in your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. Uh, While you're there, would you leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like D3ATH Patch, who was my 100th review and wrote Great Perspective, my wife and I love listening to these biblical and contextual analysis. Thank you. A great way to start the day. So thank you so much for reviewing and for being my 100th review. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 216. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.